Sex and drugs and rock and roll. All the fucking yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Last Chance Podcast. I am joined by Alex and Ben from Bad Dreams. Good afternoon. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. How's it going? You're just living the sex and drugs and rock and roll at the moment? Oh, like you wouldn't believe. So heavy? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Two thing, kids at it? home. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, well, you got the sex part work. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> and the drugs and the Fair. rock and roll. Yeah, perfectly. How are you doing? Very well. Release day. So yeah. just relieved. Thank you for joining us on the day that you've released your brand new album. Hoo-ha. Can I ask first thing, is that from the Robert De Niro movie, Scent of a Woman? Well, it was certainly, that wasn't where it Ooh-ah. came Ooh-ah. from, but it, it certainly um, reinforced the title. And there's also this guy from Adelaide called Albert Ben Simon, who was a, you know, in the 90s, how the practice was if you owned the business, you'd be in the ad, like Franco Cosso. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And so he owned a jewelry business. Was it Shields or Zaman? Shields, I think. Shields. And his catch cry was, come to Shields, no hoo ha. No hoo ha. Yeah. And they used the Robert Palmer, like, Aesthetic or pastel. No hoo ha. I miss local ads. They're great. Yeah, they're fantastic. There's, Frank Walker from National well, Tiles is holding it down. There's, yeah. there's, if you if you're interested in those throwback ads, there's hundreds of hours on YouTube. There's a guy from Adelaide, actually. He's compiled just like hundreds of hours of back to back. Old, old ads. Adelaide ads. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think I've, do you know what, believe it or not, in lockdown, I watched one of these and I re- re- reignited my love of the Yummo, the the Hungry Jacks. Oh, yeah. Yumbo? Not, the, not ringing a bell. Probably before your time. Yeah, yeah it was like time. a terrible, it was a microwaved ham and cheese sandwich <laughs> that Hungry Jacks did and only did in Adelaide. It's amazing how ingrained yeah. those ads are in your psyche. Like yeah, you can. You can. It really. They really take you back. Well, I probably only saw the ad like twice in my life, and yeah. I was like, as soon as it started, I went, "Shit, the Yumbo." And they're the type of things when you're a kid, like you go to another city, and it's not, oh, this is a, you know, yeah, this is this city's got an interesting museum. It's like, oh my, you should see that in in Melbourne, like the man at the crossing, his knees like bent differently, you know, it's, those things. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Things before they everything became the same were so different. Like, I think the one from my childhood was something for the Henty Field days, and it had like the greatest theme song of all time. Yeah, now, you'll have to look it up and listen to it. But it's like, you, if you start singing it, and anyone that grew up in regional New South Wales, like in, anywhere near the Riverina, will just turn around straight away and start singing it with you. It's terribly <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if you were the guy that wrote that, and you were getting residuals from it, you would be fucking cheering because it got played constantly, like for six months out of the year. I've yeah. always wanted to be a jingle jingle writer. Yeah. Well, you you know, money, a you know? great jingle that we actually had a dalliance with was the Hard Yakka one. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hard Yakka. Hard Yakka. Oh, yeah. Hard Yakka. What did you just have? A, how did you just have a dalliance with that? Well, we, um, we did a thing where um, we recorded a kind of cover of it. Yeah, right. Um, because of for, for hard yakka. For hard yakka. And thrills. Shout out. Um, corporate dollar <laughs> whores. Um Could take that money, man. Yeah. It's, it's no shame these yeah. days. Young Henry's. Cheers. Dollar, dollar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but who yeah, the guy that wrote that 
I can't written, remember. He's a very famous jingle man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I had some friends that used to do it in the 90s. Yeah, and said, this guy's jingles are – I mean, that's that actually – that he's also from made oh, – he yeah, he's made popular, but he's made non-jingle songs as well. But that Hard Yakov song is a beast. It's yeah. like real – it's heavy. It's yeah. Yeah, quite dark. Yeah. The original ones are really dark. Yeah. Yeah, really? Intense, yeah. I, I never knew that. Yeah. Go look it up on YouTube. Yeah, I, I remember the the. I mean, I, I suppose it's like the VB ad. Yeah, so that, that one sprung to mind as well. Yeah, he, was, he wrote that too. No shit, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, so he was a like a legit, just like genius. Yeah, the big, big, big gun, big gun for hire. 80s, 90s jingle. If you got the big, big dollars, you Mike Brady is to AFL what this guy is to <laughs> <laughs> hectic jingles. Hectic yeah. jingles, like. Yeah, you want a song about AFL, yeah. I suppose you're going to Mike Brady. Up there fucking Gazali, man. Yeah. I was like, they've got an AFL football shop over at the market. And I was in there the other day and all I like I couldn't hear the guy because I'm up there Gazali. Mm. And it was just like but I walked out and it was just stuck in my head. If then if they come on in any capacity, I'm not you're not turning it off. No. You're listening They're to great it. songs. Yeah. Do they still play them at the football? Yeah, I think every year. Yeah, right. Every, every grand final. Every grand, every grand final. Brady makes his uh adds yeah. it to his Retirement, yeah. fun, yeah. yeah. Jesus, imagine the money he would have made off that one song. Crazy, yeah. Would you, you, you wonder where where that where it all goes though? Like, well, I mean, imagine making money off music. It's I hey, wouldn't you? Would that be great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, tell me about the new album. It's out today. It is. I've listened to it virtually today. Look at that. That is beautiful. Fake dead dog on the back. So, there you go. A fake dead dog. Yeah, it's not real. We don't kill animals. Oh, it's a lovely dog, though. So that's who? Wow, that's an. That was shot by McLean Stevenson, a photographer from Sydney. Quite a genius. Yeah. Yeah, he's done all our album covers. Um, He's done stuff for. He does stuff like Jack Ladder. He's done all of Donnie Benet's work. Done some stuff for the Kieran Callanan, and he's a really good photographer and he makes video clips too. Um, quite a strange man. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In what way? Uh, very dark energy. Yeah, very right. dark. Very intelligent. Energy. Very intelligent. He works. His, I mean, his day job is a, a lawyer, and initially he was dealing with. Um, it's probably confidential, but I don't know. He's like working for the people that investigate police corruption, and then he was working for the Jesus. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that yeah. can't be good. Like, uh, but you know what really surprises me? How many fucking lawyers do some pretty twisted stuff with music? Yeah, there are lots of lawyers in music. Aren't There's there? a lots yeah. of lawyers in music that, and they kind of like fund the weirdest stuff. Like someone was telling me the other night that you know a, a lawyer friend of his like runs one of the biggest harsh noise records in in the world. Yeah, from, right. Like, and but his day job's a lawyer, and mm. it's like, hold on, you know, like even like. How many lawyers are in bands? And then you speak to them and go, you're a fucking lawyer? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot of lawyers in bands, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I can't quite. I suppose you must get shit bored at work in the day and you're just like, fuck it. And then you got some money to burn. You got some money to burn. Yeah. Look, they, they earn good money. I guess so. Yeah. So instead of going out doing heaps of coke and being a Well, they shit. do that too. But... Well, they do that too. <laughs> they go and listen just to the music, music venues. Music, music. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, so it was a, I listened to the album today, but like obviously it came out today. So it's fucking 
good. Like I'm not even blowing smoke up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised actually. It's, no, it's like really good. And I, I when I listen to it, it's like a soundscape. Some of the the noises in there are just unreal. Like, did I hear a recorder? Uh, it's a, f- a f- synthesized flute. Yeah, it's a synthesized flute. Yeah, that sounded unreal. Who? <laughs> like, Dan Luscombe. Dan Luscombe. And um, Andrew Edge Engineering at Sound Park. So they were- Oh, you've recorded in Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it, it was really like, when I say soundscape, it was really textured and really layered. Yeah, and- Luscombe's a very, very good uh, producer. Yeah. Um, Obviously- Probably underestimated somehow. Yeah, it? I think, I mean, he's, when you see the albums he's done recently, you know, the Ladder Drones ones- uh, Amel, yeah, Courtney Barnett, um, uh, yeah, but of yes, some other Ginderbine soundtrack, yeah, but like you, do, it's they're big, but then lots of people. He just doesn't get much airtime because he's a pretty humble man, yeah, and also his what what I think his uh, particular genius is. He's not a heavy-handed producer. Right. He understands. I, I said yesterday, he's got a Yoda thing going on. Yeah, right. Where yes. he'll do very little. Yeah. But it the effect of it is a lot. A lot. And, and the studio is so much about psychology. Mm. You know, you've got four or five fairly adult and crazy musicians in a band, you know, all of those dynamics. Everyone cares deeply about what they're doing. But the producers, one of their important roles is to – channel that in the right direction. And and this album was just so um easy to record. You know, it just there were no real hiccups. Just did it. Went home each night. We had a little Airbnb, me, Ben and Ali played FIFA or I watched them play FIFA. <clears throat> Ate Uber Eats, went back in the next day and finished it in five or with six the, days. Yeah, with the soundscape, yeah. you mentioned the soundscape, yeah. it's kind of like when you work with someone like Luscombe as well. He's got such an encyclopedic knowledge of music, but because he is a musician, he knows immediately what is tasteful tone wise. Yeah. So you don't really have to, you're not striving for something. He kind of just knows how to get yeah. it. Yeah. Because he's playing, like, is he still playing Paul Kelly's band? He just plays with everyone he's all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The, ma- the next thing he's, March at the Anzac, he just plays. The next thing yeah. he's playing on, which is very exciting for a lot of people that are fans of this guy, but he's him and. Jared Quarrell, well, he's working with Jared Quarrell on the next Lost Animal project. Yeah, right. And and they're playing together, so that's that's going to be pretty exciting. I mean, he's yeah, he's renowned as a great collaborator. Yeah. Um, no. Well, you did good collaborator. Yeah, and there's <laughs> like we're we try to stick pretty much to the guitar-based drums thing, but the stuff that's added in, yeah, we were pretty happy that it well, added even, something without even the sound of the guitars, just unreal. Yeah, like, that's that was that was um. So often in the studio, you sort of start playing stuff uh, live and getting a, a bit of a bed down. But some people's approach is like, oh, don't worry too much about the guitar tones because we'll fix it later or yeah. something. But Iggy and uh, Luscombe, because they're really good at – Iggy knows the studio so well. Luscombe's really good with guitars. Straight away we recorded stuff and it was like, yeah, that's, that's actually – let's just keep that. Mm. Yeah. And that makes it a whole lot easier because you're not doing over things over and over again. Not a, One of our problems, I think, in the studio in the past has been overthinking things. Yeah. And with our type of music, it's it's the music side of it's fairly simple. Yeah. And if, you, if you're overthinking it, it loses the energy that it relies upon. Um, and I think it was 
someone Roland S. Howard apparently said um, that you know if you don't if you don't get something on the second or third take, then don't bother. Which I yeah, sort of right. agree with 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 our type of music because it's you know, it relies on the 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 precipice between um, between messiness and delivery. And if yeah, you get right. it too exact, it loses some of its personality. Yeah, because that's not that's not us. If it, you know, if you come did, watch the band live, we're not exacting. Yeah, virtuosos. Was there a lot of pre-production? Like, did you just do much touring with the material? Not yeah. much touring. Well, we played a the some of the song like Mansfield and Jack. We'd played live, yeah. um, and that always helps because once you've done that, you know that they kind of you know that they work. But what we did do was record the demos. Um, Instead of just doing it at home like we've probably done previously, we went into this studio in Adelaide called Wundenbergs, and it's actually in the it's the, this old incinerator in Theberton, and in, in the bottom. So it's like it was, and weirdly enough, it was designed by Walter Burley Griffin, the guy who designed Canberra. Yeah, so yeah, it's like right. a neo gothic incinerator. Yeah. Um, and anyway, now it's just, just sitting there. Yeah, what sitting. Was, well, it's in a junkyard, pretty yeah, much. Right. So it's got all these. Right next to a dump and like a, yeah, scra- a metal scrap, like recycle yard. It's got yeah, it's, everything's and, around. Yeah, and it's it's down sort of underground in the base of the incinerator, and it's decked out really well, just with heaps got heaps of pictures on the wall. It's very small. It's got Billy Thorpe's old Neve in it, and um, yeah, so we actually put the effort into doing the demos, kind of, and producing them ourselves. So that yeah, that made it. That was a good process. Yeah, yeah. Adelaide is weird. I know we were talking before, but fuck, it's a weird place. <laughs> it is a weird, it's a very weird place. And I think to really, we were talking about, yeah, this before, but yeah. if you appreciate the weirdness of Adelaide, then you really learn to love her. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I really appreciate that dark side of Adelaide. Yeah. You, you, like everything there is just a little bit fucked up. Like, and you even have it, like, didn't they figure out who the guy on the beach was? Um, yeah. Summerton Man. The Summerton Man. Yeah, and he was, who he was. Yeah, and the guy, even the way that it was um, figured out is weird because the guy that was obsessed with finding out in the course of his investigations ended up meeting and marrying the suspected like granddaughter of the Summerton. No man. shit. And then that's how he got the DNA testing. And then that's what finally and so <laughs> Was this yeah. after they exhumed him? No, this is how he got to that. This is how he was the guy that got him exhumed. But oh, before sorry, that, okay. he'd, before that, he'd met he'd he met the he was sort of investigating all the potential leads, and this led him to this woman who was potentially his granddaughter. And then they ended up getting married. Yeah, right. And I mean, so did they figure out what the fuck happened, or was it just like, okay, we know who he is? Not, so I think uh, it, it just turned out that he wasn't a spy or anything like that. I don't yeah. think they figured he was out. just a normal man. Was, I don't think they figured out the cause of death though yet, did they? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, this was it. like the scrap of paper, and they were like, "Oh, no, one hundred percent, he's like yeah. a communist." And there was like a book found in the back of yeah. the car with someone's a piece ripped out, and then that piece was found in it. I don't know. There's a lot to it. Yeah, it's just such a, but it's just one of many weird stories come out, like particularly Adelaide. Like, what a, you've got that, you've got the family murders, which still, like that scares me because, but like. When I was a kid and got told about the family murders, and they're like, "Oh no, they're still uh, like 
they're still oh, around. Yeah. yeah, the family murders are my. We only got one of them. They're Have right. you listened to the Frozen Lies podcast with Debbie Marshall? No. Do it. Mm. Do it. Is really it, good one. Yeah. It's about a lot about that. It's about the family. It's about the family. Yeah. yeah. This is the and most people in the eastern states will hear the family and think of that other. Oh, the out in Dandenong yeah. with the kids. Yeah. But this is this just puts that to shame. It's the best oh. one of the best true crime mysteries in the world ever. Well, I, I just don't understand. So they got whatever his name was that they caught. Bevan Spencer von Einem. Yeah. yeah. So they caught him and they obviously knew who the other people were. And they're like, oh, yeah, we suspect like up to yeah, like so there's the, dozens, don't they? To be well, honest. there's this inner circle of three. There's the antique clock dealer. Which is still operating. That shop is still open. Yeah. So, so, right. So they know who they are. And the hairdresser yeah. who's dead now. Right. Who's cool. he's, he's able to be named. His name was. And his, was it his so house? John, uh, maybe his on, house on on Green Hill Road, but there was also a part of this circle was the premier of the state, Don state. Dunstan. Yeah, right. At the time, seen yeah. at these these weird parties that they were throwing at this oddly shaped house on Green Hill Road. Yes, which is no longer yeah. there. So I've done a lot of, but well, we we both have gone really deep. Oh, you've gone way more deep than I have. But so basically, there's so many elements to this story, some of which are actually really interesting, sort of historico cultural artifacts, but. In the 70s, in Adelaide, like other states, um, you know, there was a big homosexual community in Adelaide, but homosexuality was still illegal. Legal, yeah. And so it was, you know, like anything illegal, it's driven underground. And obviously within that, within the um, community, it was also a party scene, the drugs like, the, you know, those, um, what are they, Mandrax and all these kind mm. of heavy, yeah, right. heavy you know, it's not it was before the coke era, but there was yeah. a lot of like that sort of sedative stuff going on. And the way it's been described is there were sort of concentric circles within the this party um, sort of gay community. And, um, you know, you get to the, um, the concentric circles and there's sort of underage parties going on or like underage um, men and older men. And that's where sort of Don Dunstan's been sort of there's lots of stories about him sort of having um, or kids being taken from school and into saunas where he's sitting there and whatnot. And then within that, when and then even within that circle, there was these people that were potentially into like snuff films and yeah. really bad stuff. Yeah. And um, like you said, there was a guy called Bevan Spencer von Einem who was eventually arrested um, for the murder of a boy called Richard Kelvin. And Richard Kelvin was unique because he was the son of um, the um, newsreader at the time. That's right. Rob Kelvin. Who, yeah. who, who continued to be a newsreader right up until 10 years ago. And so he was high, a high-profile disappearance. And so in, before that, there'd been at least four or five um, similar um, cases where young men had been found they knew that they'd been held hostage for a while. They knew that they had um, been sort of tortured and um, died from kind of blood loss from, from like nasty blunt, blunt force trauma um, to the, you know, anal region and whatnot. And, but they hadn't really got anywhere. But with um, Von Einem, they managed to, uh, to, to, to pin it on him. And the way they pinned it on him, which was quite clever, they found out that one of those sedatives, like I think it was actually Rehypnol or maybe a similar one like that, was only available on a very restricted prescription. Yeah, right. So the detectives went through 
all the people in the state that had been prescribed it and there wasn't many and cross-checked them against those with sort of criminal records and Von Einem had been picked up five years before for sort of abducting a young man. Right. And yeah. so then they got on to him and, um, yeah, then they did all this stuff. Like they matched like fibres from his rug at home to the to the Oof, to the body and body. stuff, and but von Einem, so von Einem, they <laughs> yeah, they knew that von Einem couldn't have done it by himself because he was like going to work each day while while um, Richard Kelvin was being kept hostage because they kept him for like six weeks. Jesus, and so Christ. yeah, they knew that there were these other people involved, but von Einem never talked. And then this is what led to the kind of the myth behind it, or the mythology, is that there was a this sort of secret society. Of lawyers, policemen, doctors, politicians. judges, politicians, politicians. <laughs> who were protecting him, and um, it was thought that when his mother died, he was going to speak up because he's kind of in jail and the th key's been thrown away. But his mother died, and he still hasn't said anything. Yeah, is he is he dead yet? Not yet. Not yet. Nah. And uh, yeah, it's just the classic sort of. It's a very unique thing to Adelaide because it's a small place. Everyone kind of. Is only one degree of separation Ration, away yeah. from it all, and um, so it's kind of had all this rumor around that, like who's involved and um, all. It's crazy, yeah, isn't it? it's at, at this time. And correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a, a six o'clock curfew at some bars on Hanley Street, and that's why that's where it sort of developed in the. Well, I think they still had six o'clock closing, yeah. six o'clock swill. What? And they, yeah, and well, they would have like secret parties in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, so, that that's. By the time this was happening, the, the places were open till late. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I no, but I thought that was where it maybe developed with that that sort of scene of people. Yeah. It was yeah, like I, after hours locked well, away. Like, it's a pretty repressed kind of town. Very repressed. When, when you, even now to a degree. Yeah. But, you know, like. Gee, that's it's, just it's depressed and insular. Think. Like when, yeah. when I moved to Melbourne at 18, I honestly believed from growing up in Adelaide, that Adelaide was the equivalent of Melbourne. Yeah. And this was kind of, because football was a big part of my life, was kind of based around football. Like, oh, you know, fuck Victoria, kick, you know, state of origin, kick a Vic. Oh, yeah, but I honest, about kick a Vic. <laughs> yeah, but I honestly. I still kind of believe in that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly <laughs> thought that the cities were the same size and the same sort of significance. And then I came over here and after a few weeks I was like, fuck, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that was odd because I grew up in like a town of like, 1500 people, yeah. And my album was just like, What the fuck is this? Yeah, but Adelaide still kind of holds on to that. And it's, yeah. it's some people would say it's this sort of hubris from because Adelaide was the was the, the settlement that set, wasn't a convict settlement, yeah. The free so they thought of themselves yeah. as, as this kind of elite, yeah. And that has kind of like. echo, even though Adelaide by, by no means now is, um, sort of elite in on on any measures really but there's still this kind of weird hangover that that well, they they know best and yeah it's kind of weird isn't it like like because we've been talking about like when it comes into those ads and stuff like that like local things have been chipped away at so much that i go to adelaide and i still feel that like yeah you know even like a couple of years ago we went there for a wedding yeah and i was just like wow barnacle bills I love Barnacle Bills. Is it, there still? Do they still have yeah, one? Yeah, there's yeah. three. Because like, three, I think there's three or four left in the state. Yeah, I, I know there used to be. I, the last one I went to was in Port Augusta. There's one in Wyala, I think. And there's one in Wyala. Yeah, right. And there's one really close to my house. And then there's one on Anzac Highway. And then yeah. that's it. 
Barnacle Bells. And it's fucking shit. Is it really still <laughs> shit? Not, oh, I haven't been there in a while, but it's very basic fish and chips. And, yeah. And, you know, Adelaide people still are furious about the Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. Fucking, hey, my fucking uncle <laughs> yeah. is still like, Oh, can it still the fucking about Grand Prix? Yeah. It's been 30 years. Yeah, it has been, too. Hey. Yeah, it was all so much better here. Yeah. I think, but it was better. Isn't one of the – and you've explained this well in the past, so butt in when you want to, but isn't it sort of based on the way that the city was laid out and it, Adelaide was never really allowed to create cultural hubs because of the way that the suburbs – Yeah, well, I think that's sprawl. another factor is they often say that cultural – uh, population density breeds culture, mm. and that's yeah. If right. you look at New York, or you look at even Melbourne, mm. you have the, de- the these dense suburbs around the city, which were once where the working class people lived, like Fitzroy, um, yeah. Collingwood, North Melbourne, and you've got a lot of people packed in. Adelaide was designed in such a way that you had this one mile square, and then around it you had um, yeah a, a square of parklands. Yeah, that's right. And then you had the kind of wealthy suburbs next to that, so the. And then the, the working class people were kind of already pushed out. Yeah. And it's very spread out. In fact, Adelaide occupies like a landmass that's larger than LA, weirdly, to, from one end to the other. Yeah, because from north to that's south. It's quite so long, long, isn't and, it? Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that stuffs it up a bit. Like I think that you've got – it's so spread out that you don't get pockets of young, you know, young creatives and that I kind of really thing. Because it is that. so flat as well, it doesn't – I mean, yeah, and you're hemmed in by ocean and hills. Hills, yeah. yeah. So we, I mean, when Bad Dreams first started, one of the things I I tended to gravitate in a creative sense to those outskirts, and one of them in particular, Ben and I sort of started to spend a lot of time at was Port Adelaide, which is the the docks. Yeah. It's about thirty minutes drive though from the city centre, and it, it's kind of it's frozen in like nineteen sixties or seventies. Yeah, it's like, north of the. It's sort of north, yeah. yeah. Sort of north, yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Is yeah, there northwest. a skate park on the way, like halfway through there? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I the skate and, park. Um, and <laughs> it's so really, there's just all these old abandoned warehouses and there's pubs down there. Like we went to the one the other week. The oh, I can't remember what that, the name of that one is. Wasn't it? But, yeah, there's is pubs it? down there that are just totally unreconstructed. Like it's, really? Yeah, like pubs like they sh- used, you used know, they to should be. be. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just that kind of stuff and that's what – in all of the stuff we do, writing, and this extends beyond just Adelaide to all of Australia, there's so much interesting stuff once you get below that surface of- Yeah, once you scratch it. Yeah, because we've got such a comfortable life here in Australia, like suburbs, beautiful, you know, everyone can live safely, um, have their patch of, you know, land perhaps, but that's quickly, that's just pretty boring. And then once you get underneath that to- you know, some things, some things underneath that are sordid and disturbing. Um, you know, for example, like the family murders or in Adelaide Snowtown, some things are like can be really beautiful and and poignant. Um, you know, and that, I guess in that sense, it's some of the stuff like we learn about Aboriginal culture and history. It's just like this stuff is so much more interesting yeah. than a lot of what we get presented, yeah. which is like, you know, footy and, um, you know, the day-to-day white life of Australia. But, and it's right here, you know, with us. But we just, you know, it's kind of ignored. Yeah, yeah it is ignored a, a lot. Mm. Like, it's interesting. Australians have that weird thing where they won't look at what's right here. Yeah. Like, we, we kind of refuse to acknowledge just how what great things we have. Like, yeah. even, like, I even think that with music, you know, like, you have so many great bands and 
the wider community just like just not interested. Like it's like, how can you not be interested in this stuff? Yeah. You know, like if you even look across the road at the markets there, that's like it's originally was like a it's it's like a um the reason why they can't develop part of it is because it was like originally a burial place for the the, the local Aboriginal people. And then it was automatically like when the first white people rocked up, they just kind of, you know, as they did, took over and that's where they started burying people as well. Mm. So like that's like literally wow. 100 metres from here and you just don't hear about it. Like nah. there's no acknowledgement of it anywhere, you know. Like there's, there's all these things like North Melbourne was a slum and you don't see that acknowledged anywhere like that. This is what it was, you know. Yeah, that, that filth. Yeah, but, but does the Adelaide filth influence the way you're right? Of course. Yeah, but the Adelaide is because of what we were saying before. The filth. I mean, those less um, banal parts yeah. are, are pushed to the outskirts. Yeah, and um, you feel comfortable there. Do you feel comfortable on those outskirts, or does it? I mean, I, I wouldn't say um, I feel comfortable, but I feel inspired, if, yeah. you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I don't feel comfortable in the milieu that I was sort of brought up in either. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't relate to like a lot of um, that stuff. And I think I was saying this to someone in an interview the other day, and I'm sure you'll relate. I think if you get into music in, in the way that us and um, you and – all people that work in music but aren't, you know, aren't like Taylor Swift, you're not really earning money from it. Yeah. You've come there because you've been, I believe people gravitate to independent music communities because you've you've felt an outsider in other yeah. parts of life. Like if you're the if you're the jock at school that's captain of the footy team and got heaps, you know, you know, all the girls love him and whatever, I don't think you are particularly drawn to going and listening to Joy Division and or the no, Cure. You're not. Nah, but if you, yeah, I'm not saying that people that are like that um, don't enjoy it. Yeah. Don't. No, yeah, because but, there is an element of that within us as well. Yeah, yeah. but I, I guess if you're happy in that role, but and if yeah, but if you if you don't feel part of that that sort of mainstream, then music provides a place for those people. Yeah, and even within music, there's so many, you know, you know, the hardcore community or the metal community or the um, there's so many subsets where people hopefully can find um, kinship. Yeah. And that's why we – I think that's why we become so passionate about music and it's a place we'll never leave because we know the power of it to yeah. bring those people together. And I think those people are generally of a similar mindset because they know what it's like to not be um, perhaps included or to feel part of the mainstream. And so I think that's why powerful stuff can happen like like – You've like what's been evidenced with the tote thing. Yeah. You know, people, okay, not everyone that donated it may be going to gigs every night of the week still, but yeah. there's so many people whose lives have been um, saved, touched, and changed by independent music because it provides a haven and a and a place outside of sort of, yeah, what 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 is expected of, you know, the what is expected or the mainstream. Yeah. Um how do you find like with with how do you find age with music? Because this is something that I'm struggling with at the moment. Like I'm 40 years old, and I'm like, I 
somehow have that Peter Pan disease. Yeah. And I've only just realized how badly I have it. Like I'm still act like I'm 16 in everything I do. But you, do you both have kids? No, I've got two kids. You've got two? Yeah. I don't, but I'm, all, I'm, I'm 40 as well. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting question. And yeah, it does. It does. It certainly. Um, you certainly. There's certain parts of it that feel a bit less um, right when you're 40 instead of 21. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it, what it does yeah. for me is it focuses, I guess, over the years, music's become less about the party um, side of it, which is still good, but it's more difficult to achieve as you get older and more about it's helped me focus in on what I actually love about it. Yeah. I mean, like I... Yeah, as as you probably know, like my, I've had a weird trajectory where, you know, I'm a surgeon. So for 10, 15 years, I was really torn between these two things in my life, one of which was rock and roll and songwriting, one of which was surgical training. And I kept asking myself, like, why the fuck are, you know, why the, like people, and people would, you know, I'd be going to the hospital and people like, what? You know, my bosses would be like, why the fuck? You know, or they wouldn't swear. They'd be like, why are you wasting your time doing this? You know, this surgery is a vocation and, you know, what are you going off and playing all these gigs for? Yeah. And I, that, of course, that leads yourself to ask the same same question of yourself. It's like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not going to, I'm never going to earn money from it. Yeah. Um. I'm, you know, you put your body through all sorts of hell. You strain your mental health. Um. But, and so that's, but as I've got older, I've just realized it's, it's it's pretty much my reason for being and it's it provides me with so much in life in terms of a community uh in terms of a perspective on everything that really um you never need to be and i guess the message that or the, what i realized is you never need to be told by people outside music about whether you can or can't do it yeah and that's another thing i don't i think the age thing i don't think anyone within the music community cares what anyone's age no. is. People in the industry yeah. or outside might be like, oh, why are you, you know, going to gigs when you're, why are you going out and playing in a band when you're, when you're 40? But I don't think anyone within music questions no. that ever. No, and I, so, yeah, I think, so it doesn't matter. It's just, it's what, it, what, um, it, what, it's what you have to do what you really believe in. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I think that was the thing. I think we like, when I look at myself as being 40 and, and but feeling 16 and how I, that's how I approach all music and listening to music, it's like everything's new. Yeah. And I think that's why I kind of gravitate towards like, you know, I, I don't like people that remember when people, when they're like, oh, yeah, things, nah. you know, things are better in 77. It's like, yeah. you know, like it's just as good now for me as, yeah. you know, because. And the great thing about new. having done it or been around it for a long time, even without trying, you've learned a whole set of skills, um, a whole lot of set of lessons, and you've met a whole lot of people where yeah. instead of being, you know, when you're young, having these sort of dreams and plans that it's hard to fulfill, you know, once when you've been around it a long time, just by virtue of staying in the race, you kind of ha- can, can get wins yeah. because, yeah, again, like you said, you've been able to, in your case, this amazing um, quest to save the tote. Like that's 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 twenty plus years of experience, experience yeah. and as you said before, like you, you knew the the community in Melbourne 
and that that twenty years experience enabled you to design yeah. a plan. Yeah. And um, so yeah, you can't. I don't think you can really do that when you're twenty one years old. No. Yeah, you need that experience. Talking of weird things, though, do you listen to music doing surgery? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. But it has to be. I mean, it's actually been shown research-wise that the performance of an operating theatre improves when there's music on. Because when when there's not, yeah, when there's not, there's kind of this weird, awkward silence a lot of yeah. the time. So there's, it's actually good to have music on, but that can't be too loud. Yeah, what kind of music though? This is well, like fucking now I need to know. That's the it's- problem. It has to be, I, I will tr- control it Yeah. Um, because I can't stand listening to the stuff that just Spotify would spew out if, if it uh, gets put on, which is like Ed Sheeran or whatever. Yeah. And I hate Ed Sheeran. And then and then the nurses now know that I hate Ed Sheeran. So they sometimes they'll put it on. If they're pissed off at me, they're like they're scrubbed in, know. they'll put it on. Yeah. Um, but so it has to be something that's kind of palatable to everyone, everyone? in there. But and most people in the, you know, so I can't put on like um motorhead or yeah. um or bloody slayer. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. And so usually it's something, I don't know, I gravitate to stuff like classic Australian rock. You know, yeah. everyone can get around Midnight Oil. Yep. The old boiler nurses start remembering the good old days when they went to see see Midnight Oil and some of them hooked up with Barnsley back in the day. Oh, yeah, Barnsley would have been through half the nurses in Adelaide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back, at, back at Queen Elizabeth in Adelaide. Yeah. She's in the inner, it's one of the, they, they, some of the old boilers remembered, oh, yeah, when Barnsley used to come in and have to dry out on the ward and whatnot. Oh, yeah, well, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, sort of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but, like but that's because like, in my head, I was like picturing like bloody Hannibal Lecter type fucking, you know, orchestral arrangement, and you're slicing and dicing. And well, I, don't, I would like to listen to classical <laughs> music, but the nurses don't really They like don't that. get into it. No. Nah. Yeah. Such an interesting day job, though. As we're talking about lawyers, I mean, surgeon and, and, and guitarist, is a, that's what you should, have, you should have a business card with that. Surgeon slash guitarist. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's a strange, strange one. I don't really know how. But that's a I lot of workload. Like between bad dreams and being a certain, like you guys are pretty busy. Like, well, yeah. It does it make touring? It ha- it has in the. I guess like when I was training, it was hard and yeah. Um, it limited a little bit what we could do and and then. Uh, but that's why I live in. I live out near Bendigo now and work there. Oh, you're you're based in Ravenswood, which really? is near. Yeah. Oh, I thought you. Were, oh shit! Does that you're in Adelaide? I'm in Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, so you're kind of like a. Where me and really Miles, out. who plays drums, live here, and then Ali and Ben um, live in Adelaide. Yeah, but right. we're all fr- we're all from from Adelaide. Adelaide yeah. And um, is that that make writing interesting? Do you what do you uh, do? It's actually kind of good. Yeah, it's kind of good. <laughs> good separation. Otherwise, you're not, you know, you're not always in each other's presence and it's like you give it air. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, right. But, oh, yeah, the, re- the reason I'm apart. working out there is because I've got flexibility, which is kind of amazing. So now yeah. it's not a problem at all. Yeah, right. Um, and we're all lucky that we've kind of massaged our careers into a way that we can not have to worry about money from the band too much, but. And but also have flexibility. Like Ali owns a pub as well, yep. scenic in Adelaide. Well, I think well, part owns a pub. Front, oh, really? We we, yeah, yeah. Okay. we'll get him in. And um, Ben now basically works for the band and my label, so yep. doing management label type stuff. And then Miles is a designer. Yeah, right. So 
Yeah, we were kind of lucky from the get-go. We kind of, uh, most of us had been bands before and knew that there was no chance of really making an income and so we decided not to chuck in our jobs, which yeah. was a wise decision because it just takes the pressure off. I, I had a friend who in the, um, like I said, in the 90s, he got asked in an interview, he's really successful and he goes, they asked him what was the best thing about the Australian music industry and yeah. he goes everyone ha- has to have a day job <laughs> yeah and yeah i think it's true because i think we get uh you get much better uh songwriting and i think you get more you know because everyone's living a, a different experience but i think so and well, also i mean for me it's good for mental health like i just wouldn't i'm just not suited to the the life of a full-time musician. The sex and drugs and rock and roll. Nah. How we got on that? Yeah. yeah. Um, but how do you find having kids and, and music? Because it's oh, really, they, really uh, how old are they? One and four. Oh wow. Yeah, it's really difficult. It is? Yeah. <laughs> Extremely difficult. Just for my partner when I go oh, away, you yeah. know. Um, to have to just hold it down with a full-time job and two kids. Yeah. And it's just I mean, we make it work and she's really supportive. Yeah. And um, the fact that I am working for the band now kind of changes things a little bit. Yeah. Whereas I was trying to juggle my own landscaping, landscape yeah. garden company plus band, plus touring, plus kids. And yeah. And now it's, it's, yeah, a bit of the sting is taken out of it. A four year old, though, do they, are they, what do they think of, do they listen to? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's starting to work it out. Yeah. Like daddy goes away for shows. Yeah. But, um, it's, I suppose we don't. It's not like I've got our YouTube channel running full time on I the would. TV. I'd, I'd be like, "Here, watch this. Look what I do." Some of the, um, some of her teachers. Come over here, Grinch. Come on in. Come on in. Some of her, uh, her teachers at daycare are fans of the band. Actually, really so that makes it funny because I'm yeah, gallivanting around strange, with a, a stupid curated mullet. Yeah, and then I go. And pick did you up. say a curated mullet? Yeah, <laughs> and then. Nice. Just trying to do whatever Gareth Lydia does. Where was he? Been a while. <laughs> this is Ali. Hey, you doing? Shane, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, and then I go pick her up from school and yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, that's great. I fucking, I love that. <laughs> I love that she's got teachers that are fans of the band. One or two, yeah. yeah. I've had to put them on the guest list at times. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, it's lovely. Enjoy responsibly. Enjoy responsibly. I'm looking forward to some pub chat with you guys now. Pub chat. Well, pub chat. Pub. Yeah. Oh, it's good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Right? <laughs> I just saw, just walking, when I was walking down the road, I saw a closed pub. Obviously, they're not open yet. Yeah. And there's just two dudes just sitting over a laptop just with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> and their hands just being like heaps of product on the table just like, oh, I was like. Oh. Is this the one next door? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Just, they're just re- about to reopen in like three weeks, but they yeah. were meant to be open like they've completely developed it like three weeks ago. But Leanne was saying she went and had a look in there because it's completely new. It was just an old, it was what we call the early opener. It opened yeah, at 6 a.m. Yeah. for the market people. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can't just, like these three brothers. Just taking the edge off things. Yeah, these three brothers owned it for like since the, their father bought it in the fifties, and they're like, they're not going to be watching this so I can say it, but their father owned the local um, pinball company around the corner on Peel Street, and was like obviously took his proceeds of the pinball company 
Ah, yeah. And okay. bought local pumps in the area. That's where he invested his money to hide it. From, a lot yeah. of people playing pinball. Yeah, from people that didn't like pinball machines. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was like the full mafia and they owned it forever. And um, now they've put that big thing in, like it's a. It's looking pretty schmick. It's in pretty there. schmick. Like they've yeah. done a big fit out. And, but he bought $40,000 worth of whiskey this oh, morning, yeah. that'll, which that'll is pay just. The bills. Like 40, and they're importing, it's going to be like an Irish whiskey bar in the basement and 40 grand worth of fucking Irish whiskey. And I'm just sitting there going, I'm doomed. I can't work across the road from $40,000 of Irish whiskey <laughs> and not go over and fucking drink it. So, what, What's the lowest ebb in a day for the publican? Like, where, when do you hit your lowest point? <laughs> 11 o'clock uh, to 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, and the septic floods the venue. Oh. The power goes out and others no, but I mean on the day-to-day -day routine, it's, is it that time just before opening when you're like, oh. That's usually when I'm quite positive. Oh, you've had it. Because nothing's happened. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a few knock-ons. <laughs> yeah, knock-ons are good. They always make the day go a bit better. Yeah. Are you a good plumber? Uh, getting better. <laughs> like, honestly, I am getting better. Yeah. I was chatting to a guy, a plumber that came out the other week, and I was like, I think I should – I think I could see myself in this. Yeah. Because... I do see yourself in it yeah. a lot. <laughs> like literally in it. No, yeah. My plumbing skills, I could go like I wouldn't need to do an apprenticeship just from like 20 yeah, years yeah. of being in yeah. pumps. I just fucking mm. know. Like, oh, this is that. So just glue and plastic. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Yeah. If it leaks. Tighten this. Tighten it. Yeah. Cut that. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. If it's brown, well, put a glove on. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's fucking <laughs> That's, that's, right. yeah. that's how Same I handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so, do, so, pubs in Adelaide? Mm. Where about? Uh, Norton Summit. So, just just up the hills. Yeah, right. From, it's not far from the city. Heap, heaps of, uh, what, is, what is it? West End Draft? No, Do they still make that? No, nah, well, it's made in big Melbourne company now. does now. Yeah. They shut down that brewery that's turning into an apartment complex. I think it was going to be the Crows, Adelaide Crows home ground. They went elsewhere. She looks great now that I've knocked it down. I think they're keeping the like the original facade of in some capacity, mm. but so, it's a bit uh, of a shame. A lot of history in that place. Got yeah. a tour through it at one point after we ripped off their their logo twice. Um, oh, that's right, you did too. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Good, they had no good logo to rip off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of loved it. We 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 bit disappointed they flopped because we thought we were single handedly revive, re reviving <laughs> the brand, but. But we used to try and buy it here because we the one thing that we did sell a lot of was fucking emu export. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like bogues. So okay, lots yep. of Western Australia. Like for a while here in Melbourne, it seemed like everyone was from Western Australia. Yeah. And so as soon as we got like emu exporting, people were just like fucking unreal. But I think it's Lion Nathan own West End now. Yeah. And I think we're forever trying to buy like cans of West End in because just. People from Adelaide like, can you get West End? I'm like, yeah, I think we can. Mm. It's not a, it's not a great beer. Let's it's not a great beer. Just, hey, oh, cold on taps is fine. Beer. Is it? Yeah, it's just beer. Yeah, I don't. I think I've only got yeah, the questions under the cap. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. I'm in. Yeah, it's, oh, they do the questions. Yeah, who the won the 1993 State of Origin? You know, mm. stuff like that. Jesus, who did win the 1993 State of Origin? Probably Victoria. Mm. Oh yeah, shit. Sorry, I'm from New South Wales, so I think of that. Oh, right. oh no, no. Well, South they Wales. they are they are so, doing that in Adelaide again this year, which I might try and get. We should try and get. Are they? That. Yeah, have an Origin match game one, I think. Yeah, right. I haven't watched one game of rugby league all year. I've kind of skipped it. Yeah, right. But, yeah, it's probably not a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't need that in my life. 
Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, public and fuck, I feel for you, man. Yeah. We can have mutual sympathies all day. Yeah, it's been a good, good couple of weeks. Yeah. In a bad way. In a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, it's all good. It's all do you good. do do you do music in there or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like every night, but yeah, try to. Try to. Yeah, large format gigs more. Ben books the books the large format stuff for us. Yeah, right. Um, when I pull my finger out, how many cap you got? Outdoors, four hundred. Like, yeah, we did about four fifty. Was that outside? Had, had floodlights yeah. by there. Mini skirt, split system. Twine. Who else? Doctor Piffle and the Doctor Piffle and the band. The chats. Yeah. Oh, Fist awesome. Idiots Bad Press Dreams. Club. Bad dreams. Jeepers. When you say it like that, it sounds like it. Yeah. Wildly. That's not even that's like, Yeah, that's really. Bad, it's yeah. not a music venue. It's not. No, it's, it's meant like, to be just, we just do small, gigs. find someone we like. Put them on. And try and get them in. Try and yeah. make it work. None, none of the gigs ever make heaps of money. Yeah. But because you do it outside, there's a lot of stuff you got to bring in. Yeah. So it's not like a space that you would have normally. you got to. Everything gets shipped in, marquees, PAs, sound system, sound guide, security, fencing, blah, blah, blah. But it's good. Yeah. Well, it happens. I think, well, my cousin does the one that puts on down sound. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Maxi. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Daybed Records. Hey. No, 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 no. No, The one in Port Ferry. Oh, yeah, in Port Ferry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, What was that about the Duna? Oh, for some reason, where you guys played, he sent me on the Monday or the Tuesday. He's like, you got to go pick up a Duna from. Where bad dreams are staying. I'm oh. like, what? I have zero idea what this means. Yeah, and it's well, still well, si- it's snotting. No, I do remember this. I remember someone had to pick up a donut. Yeah, that was me. What? Yeah, I, I was still <laughs> sitting in my car, like literally, because when we were all down there, we did down who south. Took their own donut. No, he, uh, no, I don't know whose donut is. I don't know if it belongs to you or you borrowed no, it off Max. Yeah. or I, I don't Doesn't, know. I, and I've been too stupid to ask him to go. Why do I still have this fucking Duna sitting in the back of my car? Great festival, by the way. He does it. It's Civic pretty good. Blade, Coffin yeah. Blade. It was real good. I ended up fucking drunk. Were you there? I was there. Watching us? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was- um, well, I had a bit of a shock. There was a bit of an edge of I, violence. At that. It, was a, it was pretty- A bit hectic, that it, yeah, yeah. Well, I think- Actually, there were a few fights. Well, I missed all them. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's such a- um, Port Ferry is such a weird spot. I was going to ask you what it is. Is it like sort of a coastal elite type place where it is. rich people go for holidays, it is. like James Brasher and stuff? Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You've pretty much nailed it. So my obviously my family's from there. Um, my mother's family. They've been there for since literally they were like I think my great got off the boat there. Yeah, my great great grandfather was the first white baby born down there. Oh my god. Yeah. So they've been there forever. Yeah. But somehow in like the here we go. Interesting this thing. So the guy that owns the corner hotel, he's from there. His father was the local real estate agent, and he went through and like bought up all the properties in the eighties, and like sold them on to oh, yeah. all these rich people that started buying everything up, and made a fucking mozza off selling these homes, and now it's like just a tourist town. Classic, like, classic stitcher. It is a beautiful. Yeah. Little he it's sold. Beautiful he sold town. the town up the river, didn't he? He kind of he did, but then he was the one that just kind of kicked it off. Yeah. And then the locals got in on it. And there was a few families that made millions of dollars just building houses and just selling them as yeah. you know. But I think I was talking to someone down there and they were saying that over over sixty percent of the houses are empty for like 
yeah, the in winter. Yeah, yeah like the whole time. Yeah. They're just empty. So we went when after the festival, we went and counted how many lights were on. In, Rubbed them all. Probably should have. <laughs> but yeah, and there was like it was like one in eight houses really had a, a light yeah, on. Yeah, we've got our own version of that in SA. Down Victor Haber, Port Elliott Way. It's maybe less of that. Is that the De Fleur? Flurio. 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 Yeah. Peninsula. Peninsula? Yeah. It's okay. nice down there. You know whose hood around Port Ferry is, is Auntie Tracy. You know that- From Coroit. She's this, yeah. She, um, she that um, group did a song about her, Joyride, Auntie Tracy's Cookies. You heard about this woman? No. She's, she'd be about, I don't know, 60s. Um, loves. Oh. <laughs> Late 50. Late 50. Oh, so I thought you were going to go higher. <laughs> oh, 75 at least. Oh, born in the 60s. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That still sure. makes her 60. Yeah. Um, no, but lovely woman, massive music fan, and she'll come to Melbourne to shows and um, I think lives in Coroit there, but she's renowned for bringing um, edibles. Adi Tracy. Yeah, wow. and, and beware... The young man the who, who who delves into those edibles without without um, without some conservative measures because they are strong mm. and right. fun and fun very good yeah well I've never heard about this Auntie Tracy's cookies Auntie Tracy's that's the song cookies. by Joyride I think and she's yeah it's just she basically bakes up a storm yeah and as a non <laughs> a storm <laughs> as a non a non stoner really like I it's hard but as a guy who loves unhealthy food. Very torn because these things look oh. so nice to eat. Yeah, you, you can't. But I know that if I indulge, I'll, be, I'll have psychosis in minutes. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, and this is the thing at the moment. Everyone's making edibles. Yeah. And like, so yeah, yeah. the last time I just gave them to Civic and I, I didn't, I said, oh, no, they're fine. Pretty weak. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They seemed okay the next day. We didn't see them, did we? Yeah, so the next morning. Oh. <laughs> wow, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna <laughs> do about this and now I've got to find out more. Yeah. She's, she's, she's Freud's a crazy town. We yeah, played there. Yeah, we played, played there with floodlights. With floodlights. Oh, this is was on this the, the, the uh, small town, big sound. Yeah, small town. But yeah, I'm by Jack Parsons. Yeah, this was that, that wasn't that long ago, was it? Oh, it's a couple of years. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, was that little mid lockdown. Yeah, yeah, a little crack in in, yeah. in lockdown. It was actually it was actually awesome, and it, it, what it well, Parso did a great job, and then obviously we've done the he did the tour up to. Arnhem with us. He he does the guts thing. Was that well. the guts thing? Yeah. So guts is like a, I guess expanded version or similar thing, but on a much larger scale. Like we yeah. did the leg in Arnhem, but then he did legs with other bands all through rural, um, SA, Vic, and New South Wales. Yeah, that's but a that's a great initiative. Take, yeah. Yeah. But doing that thing just made us realise like there's 10, 15 places that we should be playing in, even in Victoria. Yeah. You know, I think like the regional set, gigs are fucking super important. For bands, yeah, yeah, like no. which just blew my mind because that just doesn't exist in Adelaide. <laughs> like, if you go and play in like Port Pirie, yeah, a there probably wouldn't be a stage anywhere in the city. You're gonna have to lug a PA. And, but you would get beaten and, up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who the fuck would be going to a gig in Port Pirie. Like, yeah, I don't know maybe a couple of people, but yeah, but then you kind of get that. Um, yeah, yeah, but Coroit was awesome. Point Lonsdale was awesome. San Remo, really good. Rye, um, Rye. Awesome. Oh, Rye goes been Yeah, the ninch. the ninch. Yeah, the ninch is, is fucking a, insane. Yeah, everyone from there is yeah. a crazy legend. Do you um have you, so you got more planned to do more regional touring then? Because I, I think when I think of regional touring, I think particularly since pandemics, always you guys always pop up. 
Well, yeah, yeah. that's what we decided. We we hadn't done enough of it, and after doing that, we're like, oh, hang on, we should be doing more of this. Yeah, yeah. So later in the year, hopefully, and we yeah, like just places like even Darwin, and um, they're hard to get to and whatnot, well, but still, awesome. it is a bit of a slog. Yeah, to be honest, but to, it's always worth it. Yeah. Well, I spoke to the private function guys, and they did Darwin for the first yeah, time, and they railway just club. went, "This is just you've got to." Yeah. It was the most. Were they at the railway club? I think yeah, so. yeah, they said it was good, the best great venue, gig best gig they've ever played, and they said they'll be from now on. Every tour they do will include. Yeah, Darwin. they'd love that love because you could do yeah. that. Go up to Darwin and playing Catherine, and then yeah, you done. You could do a few shows up there. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always because I worked in mining towns for a lot. And when a band would rock up, oh, yeah. it was just like fucking insane. Like not particularly, like this is in the early 2000s, you know, fucking they went off. Like, yeah. you know, the, no one would know the band. Yeah. But yeah, I think I saw a band from Melbourne called Sheriff <laughs> were there. And then um, Barnsley came up and did one. That oh, went God. fucking Port Hedland. Yeah. I'm telling you, I didn't even get into the show. But I was fucking like outside the doors, and you could just hear the you could hear the crowd over him. Just Barnsley in a mining town. Hey, oh, you know about Helen? Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah. Hey, fucking here. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine is there any fuck government support to go do that shit now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, fuck, um, shoot the bastards. They should be paying us to go do it. Just gonna put in the grants, I guess. Yeah, yeah. we got a yeah. we we we've been we got a bit of a yeah, grant. Yeah. yeah. No, they're good. I mean, was, that was that one regional tour? stuff's getting pushed. We toured with Francisco the Man in the US. UK for the first time. Oh, UK. UK yeah. Is, yeah, a band from California. And we told him we were, <laughs> we got some money from grants. And these American bands just were like, sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> but I did, actually didn't. <laughs> no, the government gives you money to go on tour. It's like, no, it's an export grant. Like, yeah. Sorry, what? What? Sorry. Jonas Grant. Grant. So, <laughs> What? Why? Why? <laughs> like, almost broke their brains. There's so. a guy <laughs> called Grant that's giving you money. <laughs> what? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, like, SA actually um, yeah, has had been amazing with with support of yeah. arts. Like when we got this talking of Port Pirie, do you know that the uh, manager of the Bee Gees, Robert Stigwood, came from Port Pirie? I did not know that. Actually. Really? Yeah. Jeez. And they, um, sorry if I was he would have made a bloody killing, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he did. He, and he, um, because he went over there and he sort of started off with as um Epstein's right hand man with the Beatles, and then he did the Bee Gees. And um, Jesus. yeah, so he we were lucky enough, they did this thing called the Robert Stigwood Fellowship, um, which was a bit of a grant for a year and some help with stuff. And yeah, us and TK Mindster. Got it the first year, and so yeah, I mean, SA government and uh, has supported supported music really well. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's a, I I give the Victorian government a heap of shit all the time, but they do do it. Like state governments do a great job yeah. of supporting music. There's yeah. so many more bands here though. Is it the competition for the grants? The competitions. The competitions harder over yeah. here, but it's yeah. I mean, you look at all the good festivals and even all the acts that are d doing really well, like. They're all getting, um, yeah. There's good grant support yeah. of all of those, and so there yeah. should be. Yeah. No, I, I particularly do like, like you know, even though we go down down south because it's a family thing, I really enjoy going to do it. Like even, you know, like even going to Geelong, and they'll do River Rocks and things like that, and Negative Waves or, or Jerk Fest and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Great. Oh, there's such a disparity between the the mega, the megaplex 
festivals. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are actually legit, like, like Ninch yeah, Fest. Ninch yeah. Fest, Boogie. Well, Ninch Fest is finished. They're done. Oh. They're done. Yeah. Last this year was the last oh, year. It's oh, tragedy. Yeah. We're lucky to play everyone them. Got COVID. Everyone got but, yeah, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Those things is just nothing. Backstage, yeah. everyone. Yeah. It's just nothing better. Real than bummer, eh? Hey. <laughs> Real bummer that COVID. <laughs> um, is there anything else that we should talk about? Is there any more dead people in Adelaide? Heaps. Heaps. Fucking heaps. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, fuck, actually, where is the cemetery in Adelaide? Is that central? Smack bang in the centre. You know it how is, there's a ring of parklands around the Yeah, that is. One on the west side is a cemetery. No shit. Yeah. I kind of remember, like, always huge forget. That's where, that's yeah. where the huge waste Summit of Man was. He was oh. in that cemetery. Oh, so After he was he still got, in there. Yeah, oh, that's where well, they zoomed him from, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I still can't get over that they figured out who the fuck he was. Wasn't he from Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel. So. I actually feel, I, I trumpet my knowledge of Adelaide true crime and I feel ashamed that I haven't got the right answers to the but, updates on that story, so. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to go. They're gonna have to figure out how the fuck it happened. Yeah, it's too well. Didn't the um the father of the uh the what were the children that disappeared? Beaumont the, Beaumont's. The oh, Beaumont's. Yeah. He he died recently as well. I think. Yeah, he's he died he recently. Yeah. There was a development in that not long ago, maybe like four years ago, where they thought they'd found remains as well in like a, a factory work site. Jeez. And they Dug did this like full nothing. nothing. Yeah, they had like, oh, probes yeah. going to the ground. And, like, was this in like a salvage yard or something? Yeah, something like, yeah. like that. It was yeah. big news. It was like they were doing like live coverage the whole day, and it was like, what the fuck's going on? I'm looking for updates, and then nothing. nothing. I'm like, oh, damn it! Twisted place. Mm. Um, well, everyone should go out and buy hoo ha, and not just refer to it as hoo ha, hoo ha. But no, it's a great album, guys. And I thanks, Shane. I only listened through it through to it once. Um, just because I've literally listened through it once and had no more time because you walked in 10 minutes after I finished listening to it. <laughs> You've been but busy. You got- it's, yeah, yeah, it is fucking great. And um, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us. And uh, I suppose this you guys are on tour until when? Oh, we're doing this record store thing yeah. um, for the next week. And then our, our main tour is... Late June. June 30th, Corner Hotel... June 24th, Corner Hotel, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Well, Leanne took the so 23rd in Adelaide, 24th, Melbourne, then the weekend after. It's yeah, a small, so, yeah. small yep. run, and then we'll do some regional So stuff. the awesome. Melbourne shows with um, Children Collide. Um, Dr. Shaw's Dr. Unusual Shaw's Practice. And Doe Street. Oh, massive. Yeah. Yeah, good line. Yeah. I think Doe Street had a new album come out. Yeah, just, as just well. on Thursday. Yeah. So fucking, that's a banging lineup. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, Have you found... Who, who are you just playing with in Adelaide? Twine, Cable Ties, and Children Collide. Oh, Jesus Christ. You've got another banging lineup. Yeah, we like to. We don't we like fuck to around. Them. You're not fucking around at all. Like that. Try not to. Jesus. Well, if you're, um, where is, which camera am I looking at? Make sure you go see Bad Dreams, but definitely go buy this album because it is really good. I think it was, um, was it New Breeze was the one that just, I went, holy shit, that's fucking unreal. But the whole thing, Love great. It. Yeah. Shame. That was a good one. So I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, great album. Thank you. Um, um, thanks for everything you've done for the music community. Um, Amazing. Save the totes. Very inspiring. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get that over the line. I'm, we're hoping at some point we're going to be able to make an announcement. This is sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's – I still haven't used it. Oh. I only just – yeah, but some – 
Well, obviously, the people from Twartek just built it and were like, here. What's so, the sound? Don't know yet. That's, a, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm going to find fire. out. Yeah. Just um, pay. It's, it sounds like money. Yeah. Dollar, yeah. Dollar sign. Yeah. 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 But it's great. Yeah. So we, we were really um, super impressed and just overwhelmed with someone would do that. And I'm like, I'm not sure whether I think I should go buy another one so I can just keep this one. Yeah, that needs to be hung on the wall. Yeah, because I'll, I'll definitely destroy it. Do we go for? This has been the Last Chance Podcast. Don't forget to do what Gaz says is like and subscribe. Um, this has been the Last Chance Podcast with Bad Dreams. Thanks for listening. Fuck it up. Thanks, guys. <laughs>